Hello everyone and welcome to the annual Holiday Otaku Brothers special. My name is Rusty and on this fine chill Saturday morning I am joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law Ryan. How are you feeling this morning? I'm doing well. Yeah. Would you say you're in the Christmas spirit yet? Uh, I'm getting there. Yeah, so in our office we have this new like morale council and we did we're, we had like a hot dog festival for Halloween and uh, we could we for like Jersey Day a couple weeks ago, everyone could wear their jerseys into work. Nice. So Over we, your uniforms? No, just instead of our uniforms on like the top. We okay. started to wear our white pants. Yeah. But, and now we're doing like a contest decorating our cubes and like as a team. So there's like a bunch of different teams and each team can decorate their uh, cubicles Very with nice. like trees, one cube has like a train a full working train set that's pretty awesome they like um wrapping papered all of the walls my old team has trees on the cubes that have like little ornaments and on the ornaments are pictures of their faces nice that's more exciting than our office we haven't even really done anything to decorate the office so our new team or my new team has done nothing oh we have a tree for my boss's birthday is Which it like a like Charlie a, Brown tree, like it's dying? Yeah, it's a sil- little silver tree. Okay. And uh, so because we're like the Grinches of the group, I bought a, uh, a six-foot-tall Grinch blow-up that I'm going to bring in on Monday. That's what Lauren was talking about. <laughs> she was trying to explain to me something last night, but she was really tired. Okay. And I had no idea what she was yeah, saying. Yeah, so I was like, it would be hilarious if like everyone else has like these Christmas spirits and it's just our team that has a giant six-foot blow-up Grinch doll. That'd be amazing. And... So on the T-shirt of the Grinch, it has naughty or nice, which I don't know if it's work appropriate. So what? That's nah, questionable. Yeah, I mean, you could take it either way. What's your interpretation of naughty? I mean, we could go a lot of different directions with that. Bad cost ups are pretty naughty. <laughs> <laughs> so what I was thinking was, there's this concept that we do each year, which is ACR, mm-hmm. which is annual cost reduction, and we ask a certain amount of the suppliers to improve on their processes and give it back as acr so what i'm going to do instead of naughty or nice i'm going to put a piece of paper and just put zero percent acr over it and it's a huge thing it's like hundreds of millions of dollars and it's just everyone knows we have to do it yeah it sucks the process so it's going to be a zero percent acr and then he's going to be holding i'm going to tape uh it's a budget slide and it's just going to be like 10 million dollars cost up <laughs> in his hand and it'll just be our team with zero percent acr and a budget item i'm sure they'll appreciate that yeah so it's i i don't think i told dad that yesterday when we were at the gym and he's like ryan <laughs> like and i'd have my in like my yearly review on monday so mm-hmm. it'll be me putting up a grinch with zero percent acr and then i have my yearly review that's nice no while not necessarily in the holiday spirit one of my um, my project managers came over to me the other day. He's a big Star Wars fan. He actually is the one who gave me that uh, figure of Gollum yeah. from Lord of the Rings. He actually, I don't think I told you this yet, over the Thanksgiving holiday, he went to his parents' house and was kind of rummaging through stuff in their basement that were, was his. Yeah. Um, and he unearthed a secret artifact, Ryan. Oh. A original Revenge of the Sith theatrical poster that his parents were able to obtain from a theater... That's the original theatrical poster of Revenge of the Sith. And he asked me, he said, Rusty, it needs a new home. That's amazing. And I was like, well, as much as I would love to take that off your hands, I think you should really consider going on eBay with Star Wars 
probably being at the 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 highest heights of hype it's ever been at mm-hmm. this point with the rise of Skywalker, the Mandalorian, Rogue One, this new revival of Star Wars. I said you might want to check eBay and just see what something like that's going for because I'm more than happy to pay for something like that. But that could also very well be going for like two to three hundred, four hundred bucks if it's like an original theatrical poster. That's awesome from a movie theater. Um, but if he's willing to give it, you know pass it along you know when Lauren and I eventually get a house I would love in our basement to have some type of a mini theater room where we could have some very select posters you know that would be one you definitely want along the wall and Revenge of the Sith I mean on any given day I could argue that as being my favorite Star Wars movie I'm curious what the poster looks like yeah you can check it out Uh, but while Ryan's checking that out a quick um I don't even know. Bringing up the listeners to speed is in order because we had originally pitched doing the top 10 games of the last decade, which by the way, Pete's doing that on his Twitch streams now. I feel like he kind of stole the idea from us. What a dick. Yeah. We love you, Pete. We're just kidding. Come back to the show. We'd love to have you. But anyways, we wanted to do that, but then I kind of started thinking like, okay, let's map out the next few weeks and figure out like, what are Ryan and I going to be doing in terms of recording? Like that one? Yes. Vader helmet in the background and clashing. Yep. On Mustafar. So I kind of figured out, you know, okay, what types of topics are we going to be doing over the next few weeks? And I thought, well, we still need to do our holiday special. We still need to do our top 10 games of the year. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, we would typically do our most anticipated games of 2020, the following year. And I didn't want to have like, okay, so we did our top 10 childhood games, top 10 of the last decade, favorite N64 games, top 10 of the year, top most anticipated for next year. I didn't want to just have like a plethora of top 10 lists of episodes. I feel like that can grow really stale from a listener's perspective. I know for me, back in the day when I was really heavy listening into like the giant bombs and games radar and all these different podcasts that I was listening to all gen gamers and and what have you, I just felt like there was a stream of like three weeks where all podcasts were doing top 10 shows. And that just grows very old because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of overlap on those episodes. Like, okay, everyone's talking about this game and you and I would probably have a lot of overlap and stuff like that. So I figured let's just punt that for a few weeks. We're not really sure when we're going to do that. We're not in any way promising when that episode's going out, but the very tentative, I mean, I'm talking like light pencil on paper here, schedule for the next few weeks. Today, Ryan and I chose to do the holiday special just because we figured the next few weeks with um, with the holidays coming up, we're going to be traveling to going to different families things come up, right? Yeah. And so we wanted to just plug this episode in. Now, when we have the time to do it, Ryan and I each bought each other gifts. We're going to get into that in a minute. But the 14th, next Saturday, we are going to do our final Rise of Skywalker predictions, our expectations, where we think it's going to come in on the Rotten Tomatoes score, what critics are going to be saying about it after the LA premiere. I believe it's going to be Monday the 15th or 16th, whatever that date is. Um, we'll just kind of be anticipating what we think will happen when that movie releases in a few weeks. The 19th, Ryan and I are seeing the movie that Thursday night at 9 o'clock is our showtime. We are going to come right back to Ryan's place and record a Reactions podcast special. We will do non-spoilers and, of course, a spoiler-filled episode for all of you fine folks. I think that'll be a lot of fun because we did that for Endgame with senior executive producer of the show, Travis. He was on for that, which I think was a lot of fun. And I think for Rise of Skywalker, this is just such a monumental film, and it's 42 years in the making. I think it only makes sense for Ryan and I, being the fans that we are, to talk about it minutes after seeing it. 
And then the 23rd, the week of Christmas, a couple of days before Christmas Eve, we are going to talk about our top 10 games of the year. Yeah. Because that's typically what we would talk about at the end of the year. And then we'll probably take maybe a week and a half break before we come into the new year with a new episode just to kind of spend time with family. You know, what's what the season's all about. Just Yeah, some grind, some Monster Hunter. Well, some of us might be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you know, makes you cozy and comfort, uh, comforting on the, the holiday season, Ryan. Well, I got to catch back up with Ben last night on a call. Well, oh, we nice. were monster huntering. How's so. he doing? I saw some pictures he posted. You don't know, but he posted some stuff on Facebook of uh, the stingray. The stingray he caught, yeah. which is pretty neat. Yeah, he was talking about that. He's done a lot of fishing, so he's having a good time. He got. Uh, he was using light tackle, which whatever the hell that means, fishing stuff, and he caught or it snapped his line, but a f- like a six foot shark. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because I think they have a boat, and he actually goes out. So for context, um, Ben is a friend of Ryan's. We met him in college, or you guys knew each other earlier in college. And he's the one that's responsible for Ryan's Pokemon addiction, his Monster Hunter addiction, and in many ways, um, relapsing and going back to RuneScape. Yeah, he was talking about RuneScape last night. (laughs) He started twitching. (laughs) Yeah, I swore at him a few times about that one. So there's this new game mode, apparently, where you get... Oh, dear Lord. I know. It's like... uh, increased rates of XP and you get a certain amount of points and he was, he was like 82 farming or like 50 million f- fire making XP and I'm like oh my gosh. I mean you just hear the words RuneScape and you're like yes. <laughs> <laughs> well maybe I, I should like, start playing. What? Maybe I should go back on saying that. Maybe I should start playing. You should try it at least once. I think. Just now, to, is the OG still available though? Because I want to play with this new HD bullshit stuff. Yeah, the OG is still available. Okay. Yeah, so we could play together and like kill some cows, get you leveled up, kill some things. Well, here's how we're going to do it, Ryan. I'm going to start playing Monster Hunter, right? I'm going to have RuneScape on my laptop, and then I'm going to buy another 3DS so that I can wonder trade with two 3DSs, maybe cook up some um, Hot Pockets or something, get some Mountain Dew. Whoa, we never Hot Pocketed or Mountain Dewed. Okay. We did all the other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because, yeah. Touché. Don't even try and fight that, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently he sold his sat or not sapphire his ruby version, and I started freaking out last night. He's like, "Yeah, I gave it to my cousin, like for last Christmas," and I was like, "Dude, you sold your soul?" <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Dude, I'm not an idiot. Like, I still have my main game." And I was like, "God, you scared me, man." <laughs> he's like, "I almost put a thousand hours into that." I swear, one of you guys, like, your your DS is going to become corrupt. It's going to get stolen, and you're going to have a memorial service for, like, losing all of your was, was, sacred Pokemon. And you're going to have the Lavender Town music playing in the background. Well, luckily, I store them on the Pokebank. So all I have to do is log into a Pokebank, mm-hmm. and all my stuff is there. What if the cloud fails, Ryan? What if the cloud fails you? Then I'm going to have to go on a rampage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what I have to burn down. I'm getting that back. Well, mm-hmm. I, was, I was listening to a video, and apparently... People have gone to jail for like glitched in Pokemon. So like certain Pokemon, I think Keldeo and some other ones are shiny locked. So you can't get them in the game shiny Mm -hmm. unless you hack them in. And in Japan, it's a huge thing where like if you get that, because US people don't care. Yeah. But like people have gone to jail and faced like $50,000 fines for having these glitched in Pokemon. 
Well, let's let's not get on that list, Ryan. So I don't have any of the shiny locked ones because I'd have to get them through Sun and Moon random trades. Oh, no one wants to play that garbage. Like, no, not at all. Like a Celebi shiny, I think, is one of them. Um, Hoopa, uh, yeah, like a Hoopa shiny. Okay. Like those kind of things. Mythic Pokemon. Well, speaking of Pokemon, Ryan and I kind of trashed on it a little bit last week. Not significantly, but we did talk about some of the unpolishedness of the experience, and we want to uh, kind of return to that discussion a little bit. Chronolink91, friend of the show, Alec, he wrote in on the Discord, which you can do also, link in the show notes below, uh, a video. It was a 15-minute video of someone kind of detailing what it actually takes and what it's taken historically to bring a Pokemon game to the market from Pokemon Company, Game Freak, and Nintendo. It was rather interesting, hit on some of the points that Ryan and I discussed last episode. So in the later, uh, I would say the back half middle of the show, Ryan and I would be getting into that. Also, the Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC Rewind trailer dropped last night. Ryan and I are still trying to understand what the heck our eyes witnessed with that, but we'll be kind of dissecting that a little bit later in the show. Of course, we'll be getting into the games we've been playing recently at the very tail end of the show. But Ryan and I wanted to, of course, bring in the holiday season with a little Christmas cheer. I know he's got something for me here. I've got a couple things for him over there. We did a gift exchange last year. If you'll recall, it was a very Mario Talking Brothers Christmas. It was the name of the episode. I believe I got Ryan the Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3 art books. Yes. yes which were did. pretty cool. And then Ryan got me an Assassin's Creed Blade replica. Um, I think my assassin count is up to like 17. He's currently being tried for murder. <laughs> well, I was, what I was really trying to do is keep um, keep in taps with the number of games I've completed this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm at 25. So there's a little bit of discrepancy there. Oh, shit. Uh, versus the number of people killed. But um, Oh, well, <laughs> you still have time. <laughs> I'm kidding. I have a clean record, folks. I only have one speeding ticket. Please. But Ryan and I are going to exchange these gifts. Should be lots of good times ahead. Although... I have no idea what to expect here. I asked Lauren because I wanted her to, uh, hey, am I am I going to get like a, a replica saw blade from Gears of War this year? Like, what, what do I really expect No, here? I went to Home Depot and got you a full-on chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I don't know. Wow. I'm going to have to put that together if that's a chainsaw. You can't this, keep this, the wrapping. This box. Not the the paper. But I put shirts as wrapping so it didn't like move around. So those shirts are still mine. I still need to use No, them. they're mine now. <laughs> Even this wrapping paper, it's all property of Rusty. Yeah. Um, well, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and open up that top gift there? I want to save the bottom for last. For a little preface this by saying before you open it, I um, the first one's very practical in nature. It was just something that... Socks. No, it was just something that you needed. I would say it's almost the equivalent of socks for you and I. Like, this is just something you need on that shelf over there. And I will tell you, you're probably going to be revisiting that over the course of your work shutdown. I have no idea what you're talking about, so... Why don't you just rip into that there? Yes. Uh, well, hold on. You also have some of these, but you don't have the complete collection. Now you do, so... That makes me further from the what I think it is. You just needed it in one little cohesive little package there, and that's why, that's why I had to get it for you. Oh, shit. I did actually. Thank you. So what it's, this is, it is all eight Harry Potter films on Blu-ray. Oh, my gosh. This is actually... Oh, this is great. Because I don't think you had, like, the first few. Yeah, I have, like, scattered... I think I bought, like, Lego holographic ones mm-hmm. when I saw them, but it's not the complete edition, and I I don't have them all. Yeah. Like, a few of them are scattered on my external hard drive, and a few of them are DVDs, and a few of them are Blu-rays. Well, now you have them all. 
Yes, thank you very much. You are this so welcome. Awesome. You are so welcome. And that one over there is just, well, I think you'll like it. It's nothing too crazy. There was something that I wanted to get that was $130, and I figured you probably would have murdered me if yeah. I got that for you. Yeah, I would have. Yeah. yeah, I think Lauren would have too. But it's still on my wish list, so if it ever drops in price, maybe a, a July birthday gift next year. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Do you, should I open this, or you yes. want to open up your next one? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> what? So that's just the box. <laughs> oh, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. So this is actually the box that Ryan um, put in his, I guess, his office. It's the Grinch air-blown inflatable. <laughs> six inches. Or six, what is it, six, six feet? Yes. <laughs> wow, that's... I love these. Um, so my mom used to do this bullshit. So there's something in here, and Ryan wrapped it in his T-shirts in a gargantuan box. My mom would give me like a, a, a really big... Home Depot, Lowe's, or a shoebox. I'm so I'm thinking like, there's a video game in here. There's something crazy, but it ended up being like a little blockbuster gift card or something just yeah. stupid like that. It's like, why you gotta do that, mom? Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, I can't even believe you would know it. I'm sorry, I don't mean to like shit on you, but I didn't even think you knew what this was. Yeah, so you were talking about being in like a game rut, and I saw this game when I was going through like interesting games out there now this is like the epitome of what rusty loves exactly a 3d platformer on the nintendo switch this is new super lucky's tale this was exclusive to the xbox one and then they brought it over to the switch this has been in my wish list i literally if you look at my recent viewing history on amazon this is like one of the last things that i look so that at. has all the dlc and it had it's adorable i watched multiple re reviews for it oh, dude thank you so much this is perfect <laughs> i know right I saw that you're like, dude, I don't know. Do you want to do this like gift exchange? And I was like, all right. So I went to Walmart and I grabbed that. Because you're like a little fox. It looks so adorable. It's adorable as shit. And then you can customize all your like your cloaks and what you wear. Dude, fist bump. <laughs> That's exactly what I needed. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. I appreciate it. You can play that along with Horizon. Yes, that'll be a nice complimentary experience. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. Love it. Like it. All right, Ryan. So this next thing I think will make a nice um, addition to your collection, your shelving units. Okay. Has a nice stand so you can make it, make it look really nice up there. I think you'll like it. I saw it and don't be shaken. Okay. Oh, it's Star Wars Legos. Oh, I was looking at this one as well. It is the, uh, the Anakin Speeder from the first race. Yeah, so this is the his pod, pod racer. racer from Phantom Menace. So you also get Padme as a little Lego character, Annie in his racing outfit. In the 20th outfit, anniversary. And a bonus um, Luke Skywalker in his rebel outfit oh. with a blue lightsaber and the rebel helmet. So Dude, I was looking at this as well. Thank you very much. Yeah, because you see the stand there? Yeah. So you can actually like prop it up I was a thinking bit. he was going to launch it. I was like, <laughs> no, it just explode. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do that this afternoon. Yeah. Thank you. Watch some Harry Potter build a Star Wars Lego set. Sounds great. I still have to finish this one. Work's been crazy. Oh. I have not touched it. The Boba it Fett because, ship? Yeah. I didn't even play video games this week. Wow. Yeah. That's intense. So. Well, it's been I, a rough week. Because I was looking at a, a number of different sets for you for Lego, and I wanted to get something that was not too large, but something that would look well uh, amongst your other things because you have the falcon you have an atst you have this boba fett ship so yeah. you needed like one more light side thing yeah you know because you had the falcon it out. 
And so I figured an Annie's um, pod racer would have been perfect. Yes, that's awesome. Those are both perfect. Thank you. Well, this you. is amazing. I <laughs> Never in a million years would I have thought this is what you were going to get me. I'm yeah. very happy. Well, that that's why that. I had to hide it in that box because I'm like, he's going to know it's a Switch game. But even if, he, if I knew it was a Switch game, I would think, okay, maybe he got me Luigi's Mansion 3. Um, I honestly almost thought you got me Sword. Pokemon Sword. No. Which I would have been like, ah, thanks, bro, but no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. It looks like a lot of fun. It's beautiful. Apparently, it didn't hit well reception on Xbox One because, I mean... Well, I think Nolan, a- um, friend of the show, I think he's actually the only person that owns an Xbox, so... Sorry, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, I mean, because it's a colorful platformer on a game where you got, like, Halo and those kind of games. Yeah. But for the Switch, it's a perfect game. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Leap into adventure. Join Lucky. I mean, a fox, and his name's Lucky. Like, are you kidding me? And all he does is smile, and he looks so happy. Like, (laughs) when you get coins and shit, he looks so He just, like, stares at the screen and screams at you. (laughs) Love me. (laughs) Join Lucky on a thrilling journey to recover the Book of Ages and save the day in this new 3D platformer. Looks yeah, very fun. Lots to collect. Very cool. Well, Ryan, speaking of the Christmas season, I actually need to grab my phone over there if you don't mind. Yeah. Of course, if you want to, you can write into the show on the Gmail, Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram, Ari Lewis2011, where I post 24 hours before we record a query asking you folks to ask us a question or I will post something specific to the theme of the show and this week of course was Christmas theme. So I asked everyone to share their most memorable Christmas gift. Some people responded uh, with the gift they gave others and some people responded as I kind of intended the question to be gifts that they received. Mm -hmm. Not a ton of uh, stuff here today but that's fine. That's all right. Caitlin is a co-worker of mine. She said the one time I was so sick and spread it to everyone, and they were violently vomiting and shitting <laughs> on Christmas Eve. So, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Uh, frantic Josh of the Frantic Thoughts podcast. Check him out on all of your podcasting networks. Have you ever given somebody a gift that they didn't like? You know, it's funny, Josh. I have a vague memory of, um, no. I have no idea, honestly. I gave rocks to my dad. I'm trying to think. Like, the problem is he likes rocks, but like, I'm trying to think. The parents would always like if you give them a shitty gift, they'd be like, "Oh, cool." Oh, I've got a perfect example. So this game, <laughs> no. Um, so I guess bringing up somewhat of a sad memory. Um, you had an awesome dog, Snickers. Yeah. And she passed away when you guys were in college. Oh, yeah. And so a few years later, this is before, of course, Lauren and I got Scooby. Um, your dad loves gardening and loves being out in the yard. So it just made sense for him to have another dog. And so, and your your dad and Lauren would be terrible poker players because they kind of just like have their emotions on their sleeves. They're not super emotional. Yeah. But that you know when they're like pissed off. And yeah. so Lauren and you. We, we, it takes a while for us to get there. But when we get there, you'll know. <laughs> yeah. And so we thought it was a good idea to kind of almost like give your dad like a little elbow to the, the stomach. And be like, hey, bud, like, why don't you think about this? And we got him one of those retractable leashes. Yeah. A dog leash. And that was it. It was just a blue retractable dog leash. And, you know, we bundled it up. He unwrapped it. 
and just looked, gave us this like glare. <laughs> it was just like, are you kidding me? He might have even said like, are you shitting me? Yeah. He was not happy about that. He was not happy at all. But I think he now uses it for Scooby. Yeah. So that's good. Which, in hindsight, I think it's really nice now that we can just drop Scooby off at the parents at, at any time. Oh, and 50 pounds of him? Yeah, he's getting large. He's gotten huge. That picture Lauren sent of her with her like her short hair holding the dog. Versus the it, Halloween picture. He looks picture. like a manatee. Yeah. Yeah, he's huge. Yeah, he's getting big for sure. Um, and his head. His head's like double in size. He is a big noggin. The best thing, though, is to wake up in the morning and... He kind of goes all over the bed at night. He'll sleep close to Lauren. He'll sleep close to me. He'll sleep at the foot of the bed. But when you just pet his head in the morning, I mean, it's seriously like this giant boulder that you're just <laughs> stroking. Uh, I don't know. Any other thoughts, Ryan, for gifts? Like, did you ever give anything to Lauren when you were a kid? Uh, oh, hey, look. It's Krista. Oh, yeah. Um, Some friends of ours. Krista and Aiden. Aiden's a big fan of Bloodborne. What's up, Aiden? You're probably not listening. And Sekiro. He's playing it on the harder difficulty. He's crazy. Did you know there's a harder difficulty? He's actually an alien. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of aliens, um, we can get into that later. Aliens and stuff. I don't know. Like, Lauren and I never... We don't give each other gifts, really. Mm -hmm. Because we've mutually decided that we could give each other, like, $20 gifts and it'd be bullshit. Or we can just not waste 20 bucks. Yeah. And clutter each other's things. Like rooms. Um, same with birthdays and stuff. I th- we There was this... Back in elementary school, um, there was this Christmas fair where you can go around and buy little trinkets and things. And I think I bought my parents like those rocks that you could see through, like a like a, almost like a marble thing. And it had like bubbles and like patterns in, of bubbles. I don't know... I'm sure it was well received because I think they put them out, but it was you get like a rock. They actually spiked it right in the ground when <laughs> Ryan gave it everywhere. to <laughs> Yeah, th- I gave that one. Actually, speaking of elementary school, so I was at the gym with my dad, mm-hmm. and there was this guy. He's like kind of a short, bald dude, and I'm like, he looks really familiar. And I'm like, oh yeah, I have PTSD from this guy. So like, he actually used to be my gym teacher in elementary school oh no so this is when i was a chubby little kid Mm -hmm. and we had this awesome mr baker was our gym teacher and then i think he retired or went away to prison (laughs) (laughs) he retired and um so then this other guy came and he's fit he like a wrestler or a hockey player he's just a fit short guy and uh he made us run around in circles like on the outside of a basketball court during gym class did he have like bleach blonde hair his name was like gustav or something like that no i don't he he's like a short maybe ukrainian he speaks no accent or anything he doesn't probably from he's actually a mute yeah he's probably from new jersey yeah i don't know and yeah i'm like he looks really familiar and he's there with his kid like working out and then one of these other girls who looks familiar from her high school who's just jacked now nice he's just like yeah, I think you were my gym teacher. And then I like hopped in on the conversation. I was like, Hi, my name's Sierra. <laughs> Dude, she looks like one of the scary bodybuilder chicks. Nice. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're my, you were my gym teacher too. Back in elementary school, like 20 years ago. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you're making me feel old, man. So I look a little different. I, that's when I had my long beard. So he's like, oh, you just came out of the woodwork. 
So wait a second. Had you not seen him since you were like uh, a young kid, or yeah, until I went to this gym and I saw him maybe a month or two ago. But okay. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's him. You do like double takes, and you're like, yeah, yeah. You cringe a little. You got a twitch. Okay, well maybe let's flip the question then. I guess when you you had birthday parties, I imagine you had friends over. You go to Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese or whatever, Magic Mountain. Did um. Did anyone get you, like, the all-star, oh my gosh, I can't believe my best buddy Max got me this giant Lego set or something like that? Uh, I forget his name. There was, it was back when Zoids were huge. Okay. And I got, it was like the elephant, the shield elephant, um, elephant's Lord of the Rings. The, this shield elephant, um, Zoid character. And he, God, I forget his name, he was like Ukrainian. And he had... A Ukrainian Zoid? Is that a thing? No, like his family was from like the Ukraine. Oh, your friend was. Yeah. I was like, what the or heck? He was Polish. That's what his name. He was Polish. Ukraine, Poland, whatever. Close mm-hmm. enough. And he had all of the huge, like rare Zoids from Japan. Like okay. there was Liger Zero and it had all these other outfits that you can put on it. Because it was the cool thing about the Liger Zero was just a plain white thing with these golden claws. Yeah. But you could outfit it with, like, uh, was it Liger Zero Bronzer or something like that? It was, like, a tanky green one or this, like, shield-breaking orange one. He had all of those. Okay. So he got me this rare elephant one. Nice. That you could only get in, like, Japan. So you, like, you remember distinctly opening this oh, up? Oh, and... so, I was so happy. Oh, so good. Very cool. I still have it. It's in pieces, unfortunately. I was actually looking at the prices of those the other day. Really? On eBay. They're like 100 bucks. I wonder how much, because Lauren has those little miniature figurine Zoe yeah. collection. I wonder how much those would go for. I don't know. Probably not terribly, because these are like boxed up Zoid, kind of like a Lego. Okay. You can actually put them together, and they're, they're about this size. About the size of the Millennium Falcon. Okay, wow. Or not the Millennium Falcon, the uh, this one. Boba Fett's thing? Yeah. So I think for me, I was probably in middle school, middle school at this time. My buddy Nick, I've talked about him a number of times. He was, um, I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He was rich. His dad was loaded. He was like the CFO of a company. Oh, okay. And so whenever he got gifts for friends, he, Nick was one of the most giving people. For as rich as his dad was and as much as Nick got, he was always super, super generous with what he had. He wasn't yeah. this entitled little bastard child that you see running around nowadays, right? Yes. So, at this time, he told me that he was going to be getting me um, one of the newer GameCube games. And at this, so I remember specifically for this birthday of mine, my dad got me Mario Party 6, which I don't know if those that remember, this was like this really big box that had the microphone in it. Yeah. That you could actually whisper things into on the home screen and like shy guys would fly across the screen and stuff like that. So, I remember getting that. I think this might have been when I got Green Day's um american idiot album too from like my stepmom or something i can't remember but good album setting up the scene that night had a bunch of my buddies come over we got pizza had my birthday party and i you know i get through all the different gifts and stuff like that and then i get to nick's gift and so i rip it open and it's none other than one of my favorite gamecubes even to this day star fox assault nice which i don't know if anyone's played that that's listening to this podcast but it was definitely a Departure from previous Star Fox games, certainly the the N64 and Super Nintendo game, which was very much kind of like corridor shooter. You're in this um, this air wing. Well, this one um, 
was kind of more like mixed that plus Star Fox Adventures, which was developed by Rare. You got to roam these different environments. It was more of an adventure action game yeah. than it was a shooter. Okay. But what was so great about it was the multiplayer. Because the multiplayer, not only were you have did you have the ability to play on these giant maps, you could also get in tanks, hopping into an air wing, which is very similar and played to uh, similarly to the the little ships in Halo. What are those things called? Not the ghosts, but the banshees. The banshees. They fly like banshees. And so we had so much fun that night just playing that game and many weeks after. But that specifically stands out as one of my favorite gifts and i guess it wasn't even for christmas it was just a random gift we got on a tangent of about gifts yeah but, um that's okay that's what we do on a talk about this podcast but we lie about what we're doing this week and we get on tangents. the best of both worlds on this podcast let me tell you we should charge you guys is it, okay, is it a lie if we had the intentions of doing it and our, it changed or is that just uh no i think we're just um all over the place that would be the way I would describe us. Andy, friend of the show, I also work with him. He said he and his wife vividly remember when they got the Nintendo 64 for Christmas. Big years for them. Huh. Well, maybe you can elaborate that. I'll have to um, maybe set up some coffee on Monday, Andy, and we can talk about that. I'll record the conversation and put it on the podcast. <laughs> Logan, friend of the show, hope everything is going well with your newborn son. He says, don't forget to review Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC trailer. It just dropped. Actually, thanks to Logan, I probably wouldn't have even known that it dropped last night if yeah. he didn't send that. So, Well, thank you. We will review that. We will be talking about that a little bit later in the show. Thank you, Logan. We also got one singular email this week, Ryan. Nice. From Knickknack. He's written in a number of times. And I love it because typically he'll see what the question is on the Instagrams, mm -hmm. and then he will write in because he typically has more to say than would be able to fit on a little um, Instagram response. So he said this week's question, hello, good sirs. First off, I hope you're still deciding on the top 10 modern games list right now because, man, is it hard for me, which is why I still haven't sent in my list yet. So funny enough, folks, the reason why we've pushed the episode back is because Nick hasn't sent his list in yeah. yet. So if you want to blame anyone, blame Nick. Yeah, just put all the hate on Nick. <laughs> Here's his email and his phone number. Send him texts. His address is 746, just kidding. Maple uh, Pine Street, <laughs> Oregon. Find I don't him. know any area codes in Oregon. Find but. him. <laughs> yeah. He said, but other than that, a question I want to ask is, with the holidays coming up, do you guys like eggnog and fruitcake? I love eggnog. It's great. Fruitcake, I don't know if I've had. I always remember going into Giant Eagle and seeing those multicolored gelatin fruitcakes just sitting there. Oh, it's just jello with fruit in it? I think so. It's not cakey, it's jello-y? I mean, I'm sure there's multiple variations of fruitcake. For example, Ryan, he's a fruitcake. <laughs> <laughs> and I come in a very large package. <laughs> um, I I think I might I mean I like I love jello like with an undying passion. Jello's my jam. I love eating cow hooves. <laughs> Just spoon feed me. Mm, Rocky Mountain oysters. <laughs> Get that in my face. Um yeah. Uh, eggnog, I love eggnog. It's great. So my dad used to, he was played high school basketball, and he'd do 
like a two-hour practice, and then on the way home, he'd go and get a thing of eggnog and drink an entire carton. I mean, that's basically an old man's protein shake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With like a thousand grams of fat in it. Oh my gosh. And I was like, you just canceled out everything you did. But I mean, yeah. And then some. Yeah. Ugh. So we, we went um, to Giant Eagle, and we were looking, because Dad asked for eggnog, and so we saw this like aisle of nog like a a display and they had nog just regular nog they had sweet and not sweet and sour nog oh karaoke nog (laughs) barbecue nog (laughs) caribbean spice caribbean jerk nog Um, i actually bought all the um or a bunch of the flavors or the sauces from b-dubs oh you can can do that yeah so i have caribbean jerk which is my jam Dude, you gotta get some of that Asian zing. That's where it's I do at. have that as well. Oh, nice! That's my yeah. favorite. It's really good. Maybe we can it's... just lather ourselves with barbecue <laughs> sauce tonight. Just Ryan. collide, yeah. <laughs> like a new sauce. Yeah, you and I mm. together at last. That's how they made Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> Someone <laughs> just lathered his body in chocolate, and his buddy Bob and peanut butter. And what if we put this not on ourselves <laughs> in a cookie? <laughs> oh. All right. So back to sauces. You got some Caribbean spice. What were we talking about before that? Fruitcakes. Oh, yeah, Nogs. Mm -hmm. So the flavors of Nogs, they had like chocolate chip cookie. They had, uh, not sweet. Cookies and cream. Yeah, like just some of those. Yeah, cinnamon uh, rolls, all kinds of craziness. Yeah, but we saw, Lauren and I saw one, and I think we were probably just really tired, but it was called Seasonal Nog. And we just lost our shit. Like, we were crying in the aisle laughing so hard. So we got seasoned up for my dad and along with, like, cookies and cream. Just one of those things that you just read and for whatever reason. You yeah, just... it's just it hits you, really. And, um, yeah, he didn't like cookies and cream at all. Like, I think we threw it away. I kind of want to vomit just thinking about that. Yeah. I've actually never had eggnog. Really? It's yeah. really good. And then think i've never had it but you can put whiskey in it so it's like a, a spiked nog oh interesting and it goes really well apparently so i um going back to my buddy who from work my project manager from he's actually from the ukraine the person okay. who had the revenge of the sith po- uh, trailer poster sorry um i wasn't feeling well earlier in the week and then i said yeah my wife's not feeling well either and he it's called like to booty or something like that i don't know what it is mm. hear me out here okay it's like a, a fourth of a cup of boiling hot water and then you mix some honey in it i think is what he said okay and whiskey and maybe even like a little bit of lemon and it's supposed to be very soothing for your throat but it's also supposed to be just almost like drinking like oolong tea it's almost this therapeutic drink (laughs) then you take two hits of acid squeeze a lemon in your eye and then jump into bed with only like or a bed full of nails for acupuncture (laughs) <laughs> sign me you'll up. feel good <laughs> i did a horrible job explaining that but it's like what do you call it i want to say it's like to duty or booty or something like that i'm not gonna re- google that on my work computer <laughs> somebody knows what i'm talking about but yeah i know it's boiling hot water whiskey and a couple other ingredients but it's supposed to be soothing for the throat and help you get over a cold nice so uh yeah so for me eggnog no i have not had it fruitcake i've only seen it at giant eagle kind of scarred me for life as a kid haven't tasted it but maybe ryan and i will give it a try yeah we can definitely have you try eggnog it's really good you know who, who's also a very big fan of eggnog who grant kirkhope is he he is you know who also hasn't talked to grant Her- kirkhope or mailed him anything 
Why do you gotta throw that shade? At me? <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna bring up his name, you gotta give up. You gotta bring up Grant every he episode. Must not be named. Just like Perfect Dark. Just like Perfect Dark. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nick, for writing into the Gmail, and thank you everyone that wrote in on the Instagrams. So again, if you want to write into the show, ask us a question, suggestion for a future topic, Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. The link is in the show notes below. Ryan, we should probably get into the Pokemon discussion. Yeah, sounds good. Right, so Alec, he sent us a link to a video that's on the Discord. You can go in and check that out now. It's a 15-minute video kind of breaking down the history of Pokemon's releases over the years, how they've been delayed and whatnot. So Ryan and I are going to kind of talk about that because it's kind of an extension of what we were talking about last episode about the game being a little unpolished, right? It's not crazy unpolished. It's not a piece of garbage like the Pokemon Sun and Moon games, but it's just... I don't know, it's not quite scratching the the Pokemon itch that we wanted out of no. a console Pokemon game. No, it is not. So, I guess, I don't know how you want to break this down. I know you took some notes, I took a few notes too. <clears throat> There's that, and then I guess also though, you had something you wanted to circle back on that you mentioned last episode. Yeah, so I said that, <clears throat> sorry, my throat. We just had, uh, we our neighbors were going crazy playing what, Metallica or like Godsmack some, or something. Yeah. And it was getting picked up, so we went on a Chipotle run. We did. And now we're back, and I'm choking on rice. So my apologies. But last week, I said that Pokemon was bigger than Disney. And Pokemon as a franchise is bigger than the franchises that Disney owns. <clears throat> so, the first one being Pokemon estimated about $95 billion. The next one is Hello Kitty at nine or 86. Winnie the Pooh, which is under Disney is 76 million and then mickey million mouse or billion billion okay significantly smaller yeah um mickey mouse and friends is 74 billion and then star wars is 68 so all the franchises of disney yes equals cumulatively large, yeah larger, larger than pokemon but pokemon as an individual franchise compared to the individual franchises that disney owns is the largest gotcha that makes sense. You now have closure. You also will have closure circling back on Ryan saying that Death Stranding was developed by Gorilla. <coughs> it was Kojima, Stu- Kojima Studios. Hideo is the mi- the mastermind behind that game. So okay. just clearing the air there. Because we know people are listening very intently in, on this podcast, and they will call us out on our bullshit, Ryan. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Especially about Harry Potter or... Uh other things lord of the rings yeah. just the bigger franchises yeah, Disney princesses are 46 billion oh wow so if that puts into perspective how big pokemon is double disney princesses mario is only 36 billion wow little and, plumber needs to step up his game and marvel cinematic universe though it's been around like for what 10 years now mm-hmm. 35 so pokemon is three marvels what's up oh yeah get on our level all right, Ryan, so what did you think about this video? Did it in any way change or quiet your frustration for, for this new Sword and Shield game? No, not at all. Um, so basically the main points that he made, he went through the timeline of, I guess, what all goes into a Pokemon launch when it comes to the franchising of it. And it goes along with the anime, the cards, and apparently that's why... Like um, manga and merchandise. Yeah, so he said that silver and gold version were delayed, which is why we got the Orange Islands and the original 
Pokemon series. There was just a lot of filler in the anime, which I honestly had no idea. I was too young at the time to... I mean, I honestly don't even remember the Gold and Silver launch. and I don't re- So I don't remember it being delayed in any way. Yeah, I don't remember it being delayed. I just remember getting it eventually when it came out. Mm-hmm. But it, I guess that makes sense. There's a lot that goes along with it, and I understand that. Um, but he went into... Basically, the main takeaway for me was he went into, hey, the main counter-argument to this is hire more people. And his uh, thing was basically, what if you hire assholes? Mm-hmm. Like, there's always a bunch of what-ifs. But my th- main thing is, Game Freak, instead of purely focusing on Pokemon, which they've done for the previous Pokemons, they split their resources, and they didn't need to hire new assholes. They just needed to not divert the non-assholes that they already have hired at Game Freak. And they made Little Town Hero, which is a turn-based RPG mm-hmm. at the same time, which currently has a 64 uh, Metacritic score. And if we see the units sold, it was actually 64 units, too. So it's <laughs> yeah. weird how those numbers coincide. Yeah, I mean, it's just... You already had the resources, and I get the... Um, time and like trying to coordinate like i work at a multi-billion dollar company then we launch vehicles and to coordinate over multiple plants multiple design sections across the world like i understand that is a concern because i do it every day but to say that i i don't know i I don't see manpower as an excuse because they had the manpower yeah, and I don't think necessarily... So you look at Little Town Hero here. I don't think it makes sense for the Game Freak specifically to diversify when you're currently building and developing one of the most prominent video game franchises of all time and finally putting it on a console. Yeah. Now, they had Pokemon Coliseum and XD Gale of Darkness, or whatever the heck those GameCube games were, but those were not traditional-style Pokemon games that we'd seen historically or traditionally on the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Advance, DS, and things like that. And so I don't I don't think it makes sense for any company to diversify for diversity's sake when you're pulling away resources that could otherwise be used for a game like Pokemon Sword and Shield. And even so, the resources that went into Sword and Shield, even that I feel like you're trying to cater to too many people. Like one of the things he was talking about is the whole Nintendogs thing that you can do. So you have yeah. all your Pokemon on a little playpen and you can, you know... You can have like a little feather that you uh, fly in front of your Pokemon's face, or like throw a couple they, pieces they of kibble at that it. out of um, Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu and Eevee, because you could do that kind of stuff in there. Well, I know, but okay, so you go back to Let's Go. Why the fuck is it in there either? I mean, that just seems like such a waste of time. Yeah, I mean, the mainline Pokemon games are for like there's a VGC, which is the main competitive like battles, and there's tournaments and championships each year, but like. This game kills, one, because you don't have the diversity of Pokemon, which is what they claimed to be trying to promote. Like, the current meta is you have, what is it, uh, Drag Gulpin or something? It's a ghost dragon. You have the fossil. You have this, like, ghost fairy guy. But, like, the meta is very situated already around, like, three dudes. You want to have more diversity and being able to Dynamax or Gigamax or Gigantamax. It, I don't know. You took a lot of the diversity out, both because of Pokedex and both because of, um, or also because of 
the Mega Evolutions. Mm-hmm. Like, that was... I don't know. Dynamaxing is kind of broken when it comes to overpoweredness right now. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, again, I don't, I, I'm not I trying fall. to completely crap on Pokemon here, but... And whether this is fair to make this comparison or not, I'm sure... Corona will come at me at the throat for saying this, <laughs> but you look at a game, and I've seen graphical p- comparisons and gameplay running side by side on YouTube of a game like Dragon Quest XI-S on the Definitive Edition for Switch. That game has no business being on the Switch. No. Based on how graphically impressive it is on the PS4. Now, you make the argument, the countermeasure here is, well, what about Breath of the Wild? Sure. But that's not necessarily... Dragon Quest XI was not developed in-house by Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Dragon Quest XI is a Square Enix property. It's completely developed by a different team. You look at a game like that that's developed or ported to the Switch, however you want to you know, phrase that, look at it side-by-side side by a game like Sword and Shield. Sword and Shield is a beautiful game. Don't get me wrong. When you're in you know, the lush environments and towns and you see... New areas. Yeah, you see the, you know, the, the, the color contrast and all the colors on screen at once. It, it looks beautiful. But then you go into kind of like some rainier areas and it just looks super grainy and... It does not look polished, but Dragon Quest XI is incredibly vibrant and so perfectly ported to the Switch. It, it looks beautiful. Yeah, and I mean, the frame rate in the the wild area is atrocious when online, which is how you do all the battles. Or you even look at when you see the legendary for Sword the first time. Now, I'm not spoiling anything. He's on the front of the, the stinking cover. But when he turns around, he's walking forward in place as he's like... They're rotating. The rotating model. like a robot. Yeah. And it's just... It wasn't good. Like, I, I googled... So the max amount of data on uh, one of those discs, or the Switch cartridge, is 32 gigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild was 13.2 gigs, and Pokemon is 9.5. So they have... I mean... What was, was 32? I'm sorry. The max oh, okay. amount gotcha. of memory. Zelda was like 13 and a half or 13.2 and then Pokémon's like 9.5. Mm-hmm. So it's I mean relatively big, but I mean those four extra gigs to get the Pokédex and polish some of the environments would have gone a long a long way and you probably could have had a better metacritic score when it comes to the actual users and the longtime fans who have been with the games since red or blue mm-hmm. um i mean the hard those are most of the hardcore fans yeah the ones who have been around for the entirety of this franchise and by diverting to this game that's little town heroes that's not going to sell well because one pokemon's a hell of a lot bigger the fastest selling switch game mm-hmm. i mean i don't know and, it, it and, doesn't and, make any sense in the defense of the people that have pitchforks and torches outside of our apartment right now I understand, like, listen, I'm not in the trenches of the video game development studio. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, that the number of cups of coffee, coffee that are consumed, pizzas that are ordered, time spent away from family that's missed. I'm not trying to in any way diminish what's going on there because I'm sure there's a lot of it to push this game out the door. But at the same time, if you didn't have these deadlines set by the corporate offices to say, no, you don't understand. We have 16 episodes of Pokemon Sword and Shield and Friends going out in January. We need to be able to launch that with alongside this Pokemon game. I think then they need to reevaluate when they're launching those different things so that they can still co- coincide with one another, but push it out six months. 
Like yeah. I, I don't I don't think they need to rush this all this stuff out the door because oh we need to make sure all these t-shirts, Pokemon cards, manga, anime, and everything else need to hit the cereal boxes in your local stores at the same time. I just think it does the gamers and the developers a disservice because the gamers get a not so polished experience and the developers are working their asses off, not sleeping, not eating well, and putting horrible things in their body to be able to meet these deadlines. I don't see who's winning in this scenario. Yeah, not the consumer and not... I mean, because the longevity of the game. I mean, I've beaten the game at this point. I've caught the legendary. Um, I don't want to spoil anything on when you catch him, but I was, in, I was surprised on how they did all that. Um, and I have about 335 out of the 400. So I, I've put in a good amount of time. I think like 60 hours. Um, yeah, it's just not what the old games used to be. Mm-hmm. So. It's a shame. I mean, when he was when he quoted as saying there's 320 OG and 80 new. Now, granted, I don't need more new Pokemon. I honestly would have rather the numbers been if we were only going to get 400, throw another 40 originals in there and give me 40 new as opposed to 80. Yeah. Because from what I've seen, they've been very uninspired and not very interesting to me. I, that's a party of one here. That's just Rusty's opinion. But so far, I haven't seen any Pokemon that's like, wow, that is so inventive, so unique, and so creative. They are just pushing the limits of Pokemon design right now. Yeah. I, 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 there's one. It's like Quag's Snarl or something like that. It's like a fairy guy. He's pretty unique. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... No, I understand. It, 750 Pokemon later, it's a little challenging to find new and unique designs. Well, from what I Hence, was... Hence, you know, things of keys and forks and whatever else they're putting in the game Well, I did days. like the one that was based off of Stonehenge. That was cool. Was, that was cool. I like that, yeah. Um... But it was the lowest level Pokemon launch since since Ruby and Sapphire, the originals, mm-hmm. is what they're saying. So it launched with 400, which now having over close to 900 guys is that was less a stat that he quoted that was in- very interesting to me. Yeah, that there were games on the DS that had more Pokemon launching with it than the Switch version. I understand there's a lot more assets in this game. It's bigger in scope. There's more going on. But it's more linear. There's less. Uh, variety. I mean, if you look at the wild area, it's not polished. Mm-hmm. It looks like it could have used like two or three more months. It's a never-ending argument, but I am taking the side that I I wish this would have been pushed out a little further, mm-hmm. as like perhaps a summer release. Mm-hmm. Given the summertime is typically the biggest drought for video game releases, they probably wanted a Christmas release. Oh, they absolutely did. That's the biggest time that they're going to sell and push out these consoles. Which is why they wouldn't delay Star Wars because it got finished. Or they just finished shooting like a week ago. They wouldn't push that back. Because we'll get into that for... next week, but that's yeah. very frightening. Uh, I, well, I guess, Ryan, so let's let's maybe shift gears here. So with Pokemon coming out here in, in November, we're not overly thrilled with the experience we've gotten. Would you have rather them said, hey, we're not going to take three months of additional time with her, uh, Animal Crossing. We'll give that to you just before the holiday and push that out with like maybe it's not as polished as it could have been or would you rather have them push Pokemon out? I'll push Animal Crossing out for sure. Like I have the best Pokemon I'm currently working on is Ruby. My 3DS one. And that's what I went back to. Mm-hmm. I was playing last night because it has so many things for longevity. Like GTS is not in this new game which I've already said but Trading Pokemon, searching for Pokemon, it's 
to complete the Pokedex is huge. Yeah. Like there's that's how you trade across video games without having to buy the other sixty dollar experience. I mean, or getting it randomly. Or I'd have to have two switches, two copies of the games, play through them both to catch the exclusives. Mm-hmm. Before, on like Ruby, X and Y, Sun and Moon, you could search for a Pokemon and say, hey, this person's putting this Pokemon up for this Pokemon. I don't have the money to buy two versions of the games and two consoles to trade myself if I don't have other people who will play it. Mm-hmm. I'll trade out whatever they need. Yeah. To get this in. And like, I'm at 335, and the rest are exclusives, or you have to do trading, and you can't go into a GTS system and say, hey, here's my Machoke. Let's trade it for another Machoke, which is a lot of the Machoke trades on Ruby version, so I can, we can both get Machamps and work together. Mm-hmm. It's, hey, I hope in the Thousand Wonder trades I get a Machamp. Or a Machoke that evolves. Like, it's... Yeah. They took features out that were very useful. And... I don't know. I, I'm i done with it for now. But I... It's, I wish it was more polished. Animal Crossing is my jam, though. And it looks amazing. And they've always done a good job. So... Yeah. I'm glad they pushed it out. They don't have, like, all the other portions of the franchise to deal with. Like, there's no... Uh, Tom Nook trading cards um, or anime about everyone. There's less involved with an Animal Crossing game that they could potentially butcher. But I'm glad they're taking their time because I will play that for hundreds of hours opposed to this one for like 60. Yeah, that's fair. Well, enough on Pokemon. I'm curious if anyone hasn't seen the video that Chrono dropped in the Discord. Give it a a listen, a a look. I'm curious to hear other people's thoughts on the subject matter because we've only to this point heard Chrono, I know Nolan, friend of the show of the Young Nostalgia podcast, he also recently bought Sword and Shield, or Sword or Shield, one of the two, I can't remember, and I believe this was the first Pokemon he's played since the original. Oh. So it'd be very interesting to hear his opinion with that stark contrast between the original games and this. Yeah. My guess is he's probably very over the moon about it, um, and in some respects, and others maybe not, just because when you go from like 0 to 100, that's... It's a it's a big jump. I mean, that's like playing Super Mario World and then playing Super Mario Odyssey. You're playing Zelda to the Adventure of Link on NES and then playing Breath of the Wild. It's like holy crap. Yeah, a lot's changed since back in the, like 1987 or top down, 96. black and white or green, yeah, or blue and red. Yeah. So, in any case, please drop in the Discord. Let us know your thoughts. Give the video a listen and and uh, get in on the discussion. Be fun to hear what you have to say. But Ryan, let's shift gears to something else that's completely nonsensical. Okay. That is the Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC trailer Rewind. Just dropped last night. Thanks, Logan, friend of the show, for letting us know that it was released last night. What do you... Did you make any sense of this, Ryan? I mean, you were just saying off camera how well you understand it, and you're about ready to explain it to the listeners. That's (laughs) not what I was going to do. I would uh, implore my friend Chronolink91 to send us an email, or even better yet, an audio question. I'll give you two and a half to three minutes, Chrono, of trying to make sense and explain the Kingdom Hearts story high level for the listeners. Help us understand, because we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, because we tried one of those episodes before number three came out, like January or December timing, and it's it was like, it could have been 45 minutes of us just going into plot. I believe the episode title's Nonsensical Got It Memorized. 
Okay. Because Axel always you says Scott and Yeah, yeah so give that, that uh, episode a listen. But anyways, I think the, the trailer was about three minutes long. One of the biggest things that was revealed that was very exciting for people that have been playing Kingdom Hearts since the first game was the return of Final Fantasy characters. Yeah. We got Aerith from Final Fantasy VII and Yuffie, who's from, from Final Fantasy Eight. I don't know. Okay. What's, what's number one through ten, Ryan? What? Give me a number one through ten. Nine and a half. Yuffie's from Final Fantasy Nine and a Half. <laughs> <laughs> DLC only. Uh, yeah, so you saw the, the return of Final Fantasy characters. There was a ton of action. It looks like you're going to get to play as not only Shion, Roxas, and potentially Aqua from the various Final or, uh, Kingdom Hearts games, 358 over two days, and Birth by Sleep. One of the cool reveals is that it looks like you can play as Kairi. Yeah, that was Because cool. we didn't know if she was ever a Keyblade wielder until... I believe Kingdom Hearts 3 end of well certainly the end of 2.8 well, fragmentary passage you haven't seen right because everyone remembers the end of that game that's a game <laughs> <laughs> well you you don't end up meeting up with Kyrie until like closer to the end so you don't realize that she's one of the people you need to sacrifice their souls to the get, Aztec gods yeah that, yeah mm-hmm. to make an ultimate keyblade of death to bring on the end of the world yeah that was a good one that was 2.9 <laughs> dude the, it makes no sense apocalyptico well it looks like this story is before the end events of number three it's like midway through the storyline yeah because Aqua's still like seen as evil in this trailer which she ends up coming back and then like what's his face Dude who has a giant demon still has a giant demon in him. Sure. Roxas's friend, Teroth or Terra. Terra. Yeah. Teroth is a monster hunter guy. Um, yeah, it looks like it's midway through the story. You get to explore that one town at the end of Kingdom Hearts three a little bit more, mm-hmm. where Xehanort's from, where he was playing chess as a kid. Yeah. 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 I have no idea what's going on. It's more Kingdom Hearts. It looks like it's coming out in January. They had some line at the end that we had to look up. Yeah, so shame on Rusty for being one of the biggest Kingdom Hearts fans. And we were watching someone react to it. And for whatever reason, I don't know why I didn't pick up on this. In the very beginning of Kingdom Hearts 1, the opening, it opens with Sora kind of descending from the sky. And he says, I've been having these thoughts lately. Like, is any of this for real? And that's how the end of this DLC trailer played out yeah was him saying that can you hang my phone up please uh who is that your dad again gosh he's called me three times yeah luckily all off camera for the other two um yeah so i didn't know what that meant we were trying to find a breakdown to understand but we found this really energetic guy. <laughs> he was breaking down a trailer trailers. from like five months ago. And he said like, young Xehanort, old Xehanort, teen Xehanort, like yangsty Xehanort. And then like nonstop, like <laughs> constant. Like, Ryan and I were rolling he laughing. He was at least on cocaine, like <laughs> at minimum. Like caffeine doesn't do the level of energy that he has. <laughs> um, uh, but that's not out yet. So we have no idea what's going on. Things uh, will happen. To your point, Ryan, it's more Kingdom Hearts. I'm over the moon excited about that. Wh- whether I can make sense of the storyline or not, and the I presume to be two to three hours of gameplay we're going to get from that. Yeah, I mean, there's more gummy ships, which will be great. Screw that. That was not showcased <laughs> yeah, in the trailer. But uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's, it's more Kingdom Hearts. Whether I understand the story, that's beside the point. That's not why I play those games. 
Yeah, you're here to whack some heartless with my keyblade. Mm. That's what the kids I'm all are calling about it whacking these the days. heartless. <laughs> Well, enough about whacking the Heartless with Keyblades, Ryan. What do you say we uh, actually get into the games we've been playing recently? Okay, sounds good. How will you kick it off this week? <laughs> so I had not played anything this entire week until yesterday. <laughs> well, you were up until like, what, 1230 or something? Yeah, oh well, yeah, like 11 o'clock. So this week was super busy. I was at work late, and then I had some calls with Japan. Mm, so okay. by the time I get home, it was like 7 uh, most nights, so I'd end up just watching some videos and falling asleep. I watched some Demon, was it Not Demon Souls? Yeah, Demon Souls, like the PS3 one, the first yeah, game. Yeah, so I was watching a playthrough of that. Nice, um, which was a lot of fun. Because you ended up getting a copy yourself, didn't you? I did. My PS3 controller is not charging though. Oh. So I can either borrow yours or buy another one. You can borrow but, mine. Yeah, it looks fun. I don't know if. I'm in the mood for playing that. It was just fun to listen to and zone out mm-hmm. over the week. So yesterday I played Monster Hunter. I got a call from Ben and basically this week on the 5th there was a drop of two new monsters. So Stygian Zenogre was basically this... Or Zenogre is this electric wolf thing and he uses bugs to create electricity. Okay. Because they're like lightning bugs. And then there's a offshoot of him, which is Stygian Zenogre, which is this dragon form. So he's red lightning, black pelt. This is the one you were showing me earlier? Yeah. Okay. So he's pretty cool, and he released, uh, I think, Thursday. And then we also got a ton of new information, like the Horizon Zero Dawn um, crossover is happening right now for... Um, just the focus pendant on your weapon. So in Horizon, which we'll get to later. Oh yeah. Um, you get this focus as Aloy, and it allows you to. It's like this glowing circle with a triangle in it. So you can put that on your weapon, which is really cool. You get a new Horizon weapon, um, which is like a kind of like a turret thing that shoots electricity. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of new um, layered armor. So for the New Year's, they have really cool setups in the gathering hub with themes and stuff okay cool and then there's going to be like space armor so you can turn your cat into an alien like this very neat little alien cat thing which will be cool um they also dropped a huge new siege monster so that drops next friday but they did this quest that allows you to play through it so the final boss in the base game is xenojiva which mm. is this baby dragon that shoots like Kamehameha waves out of its face. It like causes energy earthquakes and stuff. So they redid him. This is like the adult version of him. So he's molted, he shedded his skin a few a lot of times over the years. And this is his final form, and it's really awesome. Okay, cool. So we got to play through that, and they got to they kind of explained in one of their breakdowns on Friday morning how it's going to work. So these weapons, you get your final weapon. And in the previous Iceborne, you get like a tier 12 weapon, which is like the highest currently. And you can augment it. So you can put different skills like health steal. So every time you hit the monster, a percentage of that damage comes back to you as health. Oh, cool. Which is really useful in endgame. 
so you're not constantly healing and you can just be more aggressive Mm -hmm. and have a little bit more like tankiness and um it's way more fun if you don't have to constantly worry about dying Mm -hmm. um then you can put like defense affinity which is the amount of critical hits you can get like the percentage of or likelihood so this one with these new weapons based off of the xena jiva that dragon i showed you yeah yeah it it allows you to have five uh mod slots to it and you every time you kill it you get a re-roll of those slots and you can get armor slot or armor but like bonuses Hmm. so instead of having three pieces of like one of the armors um say tiastra which is one of the main meta builds it's this fire uh dragon thing i trust you (laughs) no idea what you're saying um so the current meta has like three of those Mm -hmm. um you can actually get that bonus as one of the mod slots on your weapon oh so it cancels out having to have three armor pieces in just one little line which is huge so you get these really not overpowered but really powerful weapons that you can customize to all ends of the earth Hmm. and it's going to have a lot of longevity to the game I think it's really neat how they've continued to build upon not only the base game with Iceborne and even adding monsters to Iceborne. The other cool thing that they've done, you know, considering uh, Horizon, is having these crossovers between other games that aren't even Capcom properties. Yeah. Like, there's really no reason that those games should be crossing over into the Monster Hunter universe. But I think they did a Final Fantasy crossover for Final Fantasy XIV, the online game. Yeah, so they had the Behemoth. Yeah. Which was a really rough fight. Which is kind of just like a classic Final Fantasy monster, even dating back to the earlier um, single-digit Final Fantasy games. Yeah, and they're taking a mechanic from that fight where it aggros someone and actually has like a line targeting you. Mm-hmm. And it's really aggressive to you, so you become the tank of the... like. It changes up your position in the team. Okay. So it'll be really... It's it's a cool mechanic. Am I right in thinking they also had like Chris Redfield and Claire from... The, or maybe Jill Valentine from the uh, Resident Evil games. Yes, they did. I, I mean, think that, they had what? Not Devil May Cry. Possibly like Dante or something. Yeah, that makes sense because those are one. those are Capcom specific franchises. Cool. Yeah. So it'll be a lot of fun. I will be uh, talking about that next week because I'll have played the actual full Siege fight, and I will be playing that. It, I think it goes from the 13th or Friday to January 5th. Okay. And then it rotates out and then rotates back in. So it's not like constantly grinding and you completely... It just creates longer longevity. Okay. So I guess outside of Monster Hunter, we're, you're going to have like two weeks off. We both will for the holiday. Any idea you think you're going to sink your teeth in any other experiences, JRPGs? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Um, I know Monster Hunter for sure. Um, I guess we'll see how you like the Fox game. Yeah, Super Lucky's new Super new Super Lucky's tale. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure. It might get feel Demon Souls after that because mm-hmm. it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm itching to play some type of Dark Souls experience. Yeah, but yeah, I think for me, before I get into the games I've been playing recently, I'll probably continue playing Horizon, which I will get into. And this does seem like a game like right up my alley right now. New Super Super Lucky's Tale. It's kind of a mouthful of a title, but I guess speaking of 3D platformers, since I was really in that mood. I always forget, I don't always forget, but like I have a Steam library of games that's ever growing and never played, right? Yeah. Because it's downloadable and it's if you don't have the ability to walk over to your shelf and see like, oh, what am I in the mood for and not see that physical copy, you kind of lose sight of like this digital library of games that you have. So 
Um, what a first world problem that is. Yeah, I know. But Gosh, anyways. I have a computer that costs thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, and just, it has a library of things. Yeah. Anyways, I uh, I had this game downloaded on my computer called... Uh, the name is tough to pronounce. I think it's... Kangaroo Jumping Game? It's Kyo the Kangaroo Round 2. Okay. So you play as this little bouncing kangaroo who is a boxer. He wears boxing gloves. And it kind of reminds me of almost like a... N64 tech demo 3D platformer collectathon type game. Okay. Like something that's a few steps below in quality of a game like Banjo Kazooie, but still has many of the qualities you'd expect from a game like Donkey Kong 64, Banjo Kazooie, and some of those earlier platformers like Spyro and things like that. Okay. So it kind of retains all of those feelings of a game like that. And, and it's just your standard platformer. I mean, there's not the open world environments that you'd expect from a game. From that era, they're very singular kind of linear corridor experiences where you're kind of, for instance, you go into this pirate pirate lagoon place and you're very much forced into this one path. Okay. There isn't a whole lot of variability there. Yeah. But it's still like just, it kind of scratched that little itch that I wanted this week because another game I was playing was Medieval. I talked about that in a previous episode. That was just really stressful because they're... The checkpoint system in that game is very unforgiving, so you can get to the very end of the level, have little to no health, no potions, you die, and you have to go back to the beginning. Yeah, that would get annoying. That's just not something that I'm really on board for right now. And then, um, so this game has kind of been my my means of slowing down and enjoying something a little, you know, slower paced, if you will. Uh, another game that I played this week was Ghost Recon Breakpoint. So my buddy Brian from work, he's listening to the show every now and again. He suggested I get this game, and I haven't played a Ghost Recon game since the PS2 era was one of the, the, the games that I played the most often. I'm a big fan of Tom Clancy and their tactical shooters, per, uh, particularly the Rainbow Six games, but I also played Advanced Warfighter on the game, uh, the Xbox 360. Okay. It was an early, not a launch title, but it was pretty earlier on in the 360s uh, life, I played those games, and they were pretty fun. I never played Wildlands, which I heard was okay on the modern consoles, but Breakpoint, he said it was on sale. He said he'd been playing it for, you know, 15, 20 hours and really enjoyed it. So I was like, okay, I'll hop in. And when I play these games, very much like I was disappointed with Rainbow Six Siege, it's very focused on playing with others. And for me, I'm not a very... Online, Yeah, I'm not a very online-driven person when it comes to shooters. I like kind of doing my own thing, going rogue, getting my sniper, and just playing the games myself. Mm -hmm. Well, this game is also not very conducive to a single-player play style. So you are introduced to this gargantuan island that has varying other islands that you can go on to. And you can take helicopters or boats and explore this huge map. But it's one of those things where, for me, when I play Skyrim... It's very manageable. When I walk into a town, I can very easily bypass side quests and focus on the quest lines that I want to focus on. This, I would say, the user interface isn't super intuitive. The map's overwhelmingly large. You never have a clear idea what story missions you should be focusing on. Side missions that you might want to focus on expire after a certain period of time. So if you start on a mission and then you say, oh no, I'm going to back out and I need to go to bed. I'll wake up tomorrow and finish it. No, that mission expired 13 hours ago. You actually need to complete it within a segmented window. And then it's completely gone to you. You can't go back to it. No, that's not 
completely pulling or stripping you out of the story missions, those are very much like clear cut and dry. These are the story missions you can complete and you can complete them whenever. Mm -hmm. But it's frustrating if you start a story mission, you get in a helicopter, you drive all the way to the other side of the map, you park it, you start the mission, you die, and then you're like, oh, screw this. I'm going to come back to this game tomorrow. You come back, you spawn in that same location. You don't have a helicopter anymore. If you do want a helicopter, you're going to have to infiltrate this warehouse where there's like 500 guys that you're going to have to kill. Otherwise, you have to backtrack. That's going to take like 20 minutes of walking to get to back to the other side of the map. Yeah, that sounds dumb. Now, you can fast travel to the hub location where that you kind of have your marketplace. That's where you can talk to another number of people in your your clan. You can coordinate with other people. Like It's kind of similar to the Monster Hunter hub. Okay. Where you kind of go to that clip, or not clipboard, but that board that posts missions, mm -hmm. and then you fly away and do a mission, right? Okay. It's kind of structured similar to that, but I would just say it's just not super user-friendly. Enough about the bad. I will get to the good. So there's four different classes that you can choose from. Your standard assault, um, medic, sniper, those classes that you'd expect from a military shooter. I was a sharpshooter class, and the missions that I do end up doing, um, you know, it, it could be this giant, um, I don't know, warehouse or building where people are kind of set up shop. Yeah. And you can kind of go in and map out to see where everyone is, and you can kind of just pick people off with your sniper rifle. But if one person gets alerted, they set off the alarm, you get like 16 drones that fly in that are shooting you, then they alert their, or they, um, enable their the rocket launchers and their turrets so they're all shooting you and it's like i'm one guy amidst this sea of people and machines like i don't understand how i'm supposed to do this and that's where it comes into like you just basically need to be playing this game with other people yeah and brian said like hey man if you need help i'm all good but like for me if i'm playing a game like this i'm watching something on disney plus i'm watching pete on twitch mm -hmm. listening to a podcast that's my way of vegging out while i'm playing this game I don't necessarily want to be talking to and mic'd up with someone else like, dude, watch out on your left. I'm, uh, I don't, whatever. Yeah, so, it's more too strategic. Yeah, so it, it's just not the game I wanted. There's so much there that I love because if you want to, similar to what you want to do in Skyrim, where if you just set a waypoint on the other side of the map and you just start walking forward, then you run into all these pockets of dungeons or troll camps and you can take all these guys and continue to level up your character. Well, this is really no different. You can continue, you can set a waypoint on one side of the map, walk forward, and run into pockets of dudes and pick them off with your sniper rifle and continue to level up your dude, get new gear, get new accessories for your character, new weapons, and all of those different types of things. But I don't know. I'm just not getting that same sense of satisfaction as I would out of a game like Skyrim or yeah. Oblivion or, you know, something like that. So, not really scratching the itch. So, for a few days there, I was kind of just like, ah, screw it. I'm just not going to play anything. was watching <clears throat> some Star Wars. was watching some Boy Meets World. Some different things on um, Disney+. Plus. And then I was like, I, I, we talked about it last week or the week before that I bought Horizon, the complete edition. Mm -hmm. And so I popped that in and was like, let me just give this another shot. Not that I didn't enjoy it the first time, but I had just come off of Shadow of War. Yeah. So that big of an open world experience, I was just like, I need to kind of cool the jets a bit. Well, this game has sucked me right back in. Good. I'm struggling to understand where I'm at in the story because I was kind of about 15 to 20% into it at that point. And so I'm kind of like starting from scratch, trying to figure out what's really going on. What just happened, I was literally in the thick of this mission when I put the controller down back in like February. 
was Aloy was kind of infiltrating this camp and what you needed to do was kind of make your way and sneak your way back to the to the very back of the camp and explode what's that green stuff in uh game of thrones oh uh dragon fire or something like it's kind of like that there's just barrels of it in the back of this camp and once you shot an, a fire arrow at it it exploded destroyed this barrier wall and then all of your people could come in and just take out all these machines and all of the this like indigenous tribe that okay. I, I assume to be they side with the machines because they were kind of walking amongst the dinosaur things and they weren't eating them. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to remember where you are. It was the Nora to... War Chief. Yeah, because you're about to go to the new that city. Meridian. Yeah. I'm on my way there now. Yeah. And that's kind of the first major... Because you're trekking across the entire map. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you're pretty early in the game. Um, I... I think you've. I don't want to spoil anything. It's yeah, no, a, it's I, a good story. I, yeah, but yeah, the Meridian is where you start getting like upgrades and like better weapons. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I like it. I mean, it's it's such a a fun game. I mean, basically, think this female protagonist that plays like a Legolas character with her bow and arrow, walking among this almost prehistoric like land, but instead of normal dinosaurs, there's machines that you can slowly kind of inch your way and sneak your way around through the grass and do these sneak kills and stab your giant spear into this thing's chest. Or turn them on your side. Or, yeah, you can... Um, what is the the term that they use? Like, override them. You yeah. can override the machine. Did you end up going through that dungeon? Yeah, the cauldron. Yeah. Yeah, so it kind of reminded me of the, the dwarven places in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. It was kind of set up like that. Did you beat the final boss? I did. Yeah, so then that allows you to override more monsters. Yeah, so it gave me that notification that I can override all those different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's really unique in that sense. And also with your bow and arrow, as you'd expect, or at least hope, there's many different upgrades that you can do to it, cosmetically and the types of arrows that you can shoot. So not only can you have just regular arrows, you can do precision arrows that kind of are faster and very precise in where you're going to hit on the monster. But then you have um, like these electric bolts that you can use. And then you can also, similar to like in Hoth, when they wrap around the ATAT and trip them, you can set these like electric trip wires so that when the, the dinosaur thing comes through, it like trips and gets like paralyzed. Yeah, and then you can like, there's a tether thing for some of the flying guys. You can tether them to the ground or a specific place. Um, yeah, I really like there's one arrow that's really useful for stripping armor. That it like, it's... It's a bomb that you attach, and it doesn't do damage to the guy. It just takes off the protective armor. Okay. Which is really nice. And what Ryan was talking about earlier for Monster Hunter, the Focus, so that's this device that Aloy finds in the beginning of the game. This allows her to kind of see... It has this almost heightened vision, so you can see these different monsters and see their vulnerabilities, their weaknesses. And so it'll have these different icons to indicate which arrow is going to penetrate their armor more, you know perform more damage against them and so just doing those simple things to because i mean there's at times like when i went into this camp it took me a good 45 minutes to beat that mission just because i wanted to be as stealthy as possible and you can do that pretty you can but if you don't like you can get wrecked really fast because these monsters are super powerful and when you have other dudes shooting arrows at you at the same time it's it makes for a very challenging game yeah 
Now, question for you though: Did you beat this on like the ultra hard difficulty, or did you just beat it on like normal? No, I th- I don't remember what difficulty I did. Probably the middle one. But you still got the platinum trophy, so you didn't have to beat it on the super hard to get the platinum. I don't believe so. I might. It's been a while. Yeah. I I don't remember beating it on super difficult. I might have. Okay. That's well, I applaud me. you if you did because. I'm on normal, and it's it's one of those games you can adjust difficulty on the fly. And for that mission in particular, I bumped it down to easy because I was like, I just want to get past this. Yeah, you're going to love on... I don't know if... Have you made it to Meridian? No, so I got about halfway there last night, and then um, Lauren and I were just chilling after that. We wanted to watch some Boy Meets World, so... Okay. Yeah, just, there's this deserty place on the way where you get to fight a T-Rex. Oh, cool. And that's a fun fight. Yeah, so I think right after the cauldron section, which is, I guess, just a mini dungeon, if you will, Yeah. I kind of just shelved it for a little bit okay. but i'm gonna get back to it tonight for sure just because i'm again my my, my teeth are kind of sunk deep in this right now it's it's a game that if you want to be very focused and story driven and paying attention you can or like what i was kind of doing yesterday i was just roaming the map killing a bunch of dinosaurs leveling up aloy and and like unlocking areas kind of like you do in zelda yeah because there's different um like little campfires that you can light and those act as safe points but also uh, fast travel points as well. Yeah, and then have you opened up the ability to like undo the map or uh, I think the map's covered in fog, right? It is. Yeah. So mm. have you gotten the ability to like unfog it? Not like unless gotten... I've explored that area. Okay. So typically, at least thus far, when I've explored the area or walk into it, the the fog kind of disappears. Okay. But I so... can't like wave my magic wand and it just in a whole section of the map it just disappears. Okay, so you'll you'll see that that'll be coming soon. Okay, and you'll you'll really enjoy how they go about doing that. Yeah, um, no, I'm because there's a collectathon coming your way because there's nice. a lot to collect. Nice. No, I love it, and I love the crafting system. Not only can you craft new arrows on the fly, so that you can resupply yourself, and ha- instead of having to go to some merchant to you know, restock your armor or anything like that, you can just prick off plants as you're walking through these environments that you can use to again craft those arrows. You can also use it to enhance your your different armor sets and your different clothing outfits that Aloy has. It just makes for a lot of replayability, and it never seems like tedious or like this is mundane and boring. It's it it encourages you, and, it, and it's actually fun to do so. Yeah, and then they also allow you to mod things, mm-hmm. so you get mods in your weapons. So like as you upgrade more weapons, you get more mod slots, and like I know I spent hours grinding the t-rex for like high level mods okay so that might be worth doing um yeah and then you can figure out what weapons you most enjoy or most beneficial and figure out what builds yeah yeah no introduction into monster hunter before you play that with me exactly no i'm having a really good time with it right now and i only foresee myself playing it more and also like i was talking to ryan about yesterday and we were kind of shifting focus for episodes in the future I think it'd be a disservice to create my games of the last decade, 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 decade list without having played this. Yeah, God of War is another one. I don't want to just play games for the sake of throwing them on my decade top games of the decade, decade list. But at the same time, I feel like I've already started this game. I needed to play it to completion and see where it falls on those top ten games. Yeah, for this, you need to pay attention to the story. You can, I'll look up the storyline, or I can play through it. 
real quick to get to where you're at to get to meridian just so i understand what the backstory is don't force yourself but yeah it would be cool to kind of talk in parallel with one another like where new game plus allows you to get a new weapon or like a one a bow with like three mod slots so i can go through that one okay um real quick to just understand where you're at to update you Mm -hmm. so it's more cohesive and it makes more sense yeah um well and just have an ongoing dialogue and a conversation instead of me just monologuing like your pokemon and uh monster hunter experience wow all right just shit on the two games i gotta do it at least once every podcast episode (laughs) ryan yeah no it's the story's great and it takes a lot of twists and turns and i didn't see what happened coming so so bizarre though especially for a developer that's known for their kill zone games to make a very story driven open world experience like horizon yeah i think they went to their like ceo or their board and said here's like six games and they're like what's the most ambitious or most risky one and they this was this one nice and they i think they put together a video of like what they kind of wanted to do Mm -hmm. they're like all right let's do it you gotta love when developers take risks like that because then you get games like this that I think in a day and age like today they're so worried about the bottom line mm-hmm. that they don't want to take risks. I mean, I think that's why we've seen so many repeats of the similar of the same game and even the Dark Souls series when that took off. We we saw so many. I mean, it became its own like oh that's a Dark Souls or Soulsborne type game. Souls like yeah, yeah. I mean, it became such a a similar mechanic in other games that it was just like. Well, I mean, that's how Star Wars... It's no longer very unique, you know? You have this new Star Wars Souls-like or Sekiro-like. You have um, Neo, which is getting a second game soon. You have that Lords of Fallen. Yep. You have a ton of games. Yeah. But I like when they break the formula and do something well. I mean, it pulls things from Tomb Raider, like the crafting mechanic of your pouches and things, or Far Cry, but it does it in a new way. It's just, yeah, unique. Yeah, it's unique enough to set itself apart. Bows and dinosaurs that are robots. Yeah, I mean, bow and arrows is like one of my favorite th- weapons in, yeah. in in anything. And dinosaurs, well, who doesn't love dinosaurs? Yeah, assholes so, don't love dinosaurs. That's right. And on that <laughs> note, Ryan, what do you say we call this episode a wrap? All right, sounds good. Well, thank you so much for watching. You didn't watch this. Listening, I guess, with your face. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to episode 65 of Otaku Brothers. I hope everyone is enjoying, hopefully, some time off this holiday break. I hope, I don't know where you are in the world, but I hope you can spend some time playing video games, watching TV, watching movies, eating some junk food, maybe sipping on some seasonal nog. Mm, seasonal nog. And eating some fruitcakes. We want to thank you all for listening. You can write in the show again at utakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at arielewis2011. Hit me up on Twitter as well. That's where I typically post the episode. But uh, yeah, Ryan and I will be back next week to talk about our expectations, hopes, worries about the rise of Skywalker. It's coming out in less than two weeks. Ryan and I will be seeing it. I hope all of you out there will be also. And again... I'm dying over here. We'll also be talking about Mandalorian episode five and six. Six at that point. Yeah. Um, What else was I going to say here, Ryan? I don't know. Before you started choking on air. Yeah. I had something important to say. All right. So we're going to be doing stuff in the future. We'll be back (laughs) weekly. Oh, I was going to talk about the Discord, that other thing oh, okay. we have. You yeah. can you can get on the Discord. The link is in the show notes below. Check it out. All you have to do is just click the link. You're automatically added to the server. No charge to all of you. 
Ryan, do you have any parting words for the listeners before we just have a good week? Mentally prepare for Star Wars and um, I'm rant about Pokemon online. Give it a thumbs down. Just become part of the patriarchy. <laughs> I don't know. Hit us up on the Discord. <laughs> Get in on the Pokemon discussion. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye.